All right. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just uh, we thank you for today. I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for these praise reports. Uh, Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who did it all for us. Thank you, Jesus. And we just ask that you would just bless the word that is preached today, that every word that proceeds from my mouth and Cynthia's mouth and Ryan's mouth, that, Father, it'll be right from your heart. It'll be uh, inspired by your Holy Spirit who lives and dwells within us. And we give to you all praise and honor and glory through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. The title of our teaching today is, We Are One in the Father and in the Son. And we're going to begin in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and verse 1. And it reads, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Man, those words are profound, right? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a promise. This was just before Jesus was about to go to the cross, and he was preparing them. He knew their hearts were going to be troubled when they got word when Jesus was arrested and he was telling them, the Son of Man, uh, he's going to go to Jerusalem. Uh, he's going to be handed up by the elders. He's going, to, he's going to suffer greatly. He's going to be crucified. He's going to suffer and die. But on the third day, he's going to rise again. And it just kind of seemed to go over their heads. They didn't really take it to heart. They didn't really take it serious. But he was preparing them already because he knew they were weak in their human condition. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus spent three years of his ministry revealing the true nature of our Heavenly Father, the heart, the soul, the mind, the will of our Heavenly Father. And we're going to see as we read through this that when Jesus was sharing about the heaven, his Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, that Jesus says, I don't do anything that I don't see the Father do. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen? So Jesus was the very manifestation of the, our Heavenly Father in, in every attribute of our Heavenly Father. First and foremost, His love. God is love. Jesus coming into this world was the very manifestation of the love of God. His love could not ex be expressed in a greater, more deeper way than to suffer and die on our behalf. That was something that there was, that was a penalty that was on our heads, that was up upon us because of our sinfulness. But yet he loved us so much, he made a way for us to pay that penalty, to wipe out that debt so that we would have the choice to receive him and our sins could be washed away, wiped away, kind of like a chalkboard, Right? I don't know if they used chalkboards so much in school. When I grew up, they was always, they were, teacher was always writing on the chalkboard, and then you'd get that eraser. In fact, sometimes it was left there from the classroom before, and the first kid's in, it was like, who wants to help erase the, the chalkboard, right? And if you could think that, you know, and we've seen that chalkboard just, I mean, from one side, big chalkboards too, 
and getting up there and erasing that away. And you know what? That's what Jesus did. Those were our sins, okay? And Jesus, he wiped that, washed that chalkboard of all the details of our sins so they were no more, so that they were forgotten. That is the very manifestation of the love of God and the love of Jesus, that we could be forgiven such a debt that deserved the penalty of death, and yet he would suffer and die on our behalf. That's a loving God. Amen? And he has gone through, you know, he's telling his apostles here, in my father's house are many mansions. We have mansions in heaven. Amen? It's going to be a special place in heaven. Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. But if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You know, he lives and dwells inside of us. We've been born again. But you know what? Everywhere we go, Jesus is right by our side. Amen. Amen. Jesus, and he, Jesus is working on our behalf. He says in his word, I make all things work together for good to those who love me and are called according to my purpose. You know, he goes about to change the hearts of men. I gave a testimony on that a couple weeks ago. Jesus gives us favor wherever we go. If you're looking for a job, you filled out an application, the first thing you pray about is that you would have favor, right? That people would receive you, people would acknowledge you, people would recognize your gifts and talents, that somehow supernaturally they would, they would see and they would have a knowing in their hearts. Amen? That's just one example of so many. Well, God says you have not because you ask not. You know, so many times we're waiting for something outside of our own selves to, to uh, get the word to God or that he should just look down and see. Yeah, he absolutely looks down and sees. He absolutely knows your thoughts. But he is a gentleman. And he wants you to say it. He wants to hear from you what it is that you'd like him to do. And why don't we do that, folks? We need to do that. All of us, every single one of us that are going through situations, uh, we need to talk to God about it. You know, he's got the perfect plan. He's got the perfect mansion. You know, he, he, he's got everything that you need. And so if, there, if in your heart you know what you need, ask him. Don't, don't be so prideful that you can't ask. Or don't forget to ask, you know, in, instead of worrying about it, being anxious. Amen? So Jesus goes on to say, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus responds, he says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is really, he says, I'm the object of your faith. Look to me. I mean, he's about ready to go to the cross and atone for our sins. He's been imparting wisdom upon the disciples. He's been traveling the countryside, healing, setting people free of every form of bondage including sickness and illness and disease of every kind, and no person approached him that, was, that he failed to heal. Every person that approached him, and it was always an expression of faith, 
to acknowledge him as Jesus, to acknowledge him that if he was the Lord, why can't he heal? If that's my only hope, the woman with the issue of blood who had spent years and all of her life savings to go to doctors to be healed, and she was never healed. And she left her home, and you know that was against Jewish law. She was in big trouble for that, but she snuck out. She went out into the midst of the crowds. And we know that at times Jesus fed 4,000 men and 5,000 men, and that's not to mention children and women and children and families. There were large numbers of people that followed Jesus, and yet she made her way through. She said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I, shall be, I will be healed. That was her faith. It's faith that releases the power of God, the promises of God. Are they true? Yes, they are true. All of the blessings and all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Praise God. This is uh, Doubting Thomas, right? It's, uh, you know, Jesus says, you know where I go and, the, and you know the way that I go. And obviously Thomas here says, Lord, we know not where you're going and how can we know the way? Where Jesus had been telling them the way the entire time. And again, by this time it already said, it's the, you know, I'm going to be uh, 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 taken out you know, by the, chief scribes, and the uh, chief scribes and the priests and be crucified and be raised the third day. But we know from Matthew 24, I'm pretty sure it is, that after he was resurrected and they didn't kind of recognize him and he's walking along the road with them and, and the scripture says that he opened up the scriptures to them, how that Christ had to suffer and die and rise on the third day. And that was how he brought understanding to the scripture. So here he is before the crucifixion and just coincidentally we were reading about Thomas and we know he is doubting Thomas, but it's like they heard but they weren't hearing, you know. And, uh, and or believing, you know, if you will. But anyway, um, he is the way. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm, I hope you're all glad and hear that, that you know the way. Amen. That's so good. That you, you, they were hearing. You know, they had their ears open. They could hear it. But it wasn't making it through to hear. It wasn't making it through to their heart where they could walk in it. Amen. Uh, you know, that was the only way we could have been reconciled. We could have been redeemed is Jesus had to go to that cross because in the end, we had to be established as new creation. He would have to put his seed in us and so we would become that his righteousness, the seed of righteousness. And we, you know, we haven't seen the full manifestation of who we are in Christ Jesus. We know in our spirit he's joined together with us. And in our spirit we are as perfect as we, were, we will ever be. But because we have been joined to him, we have been washed clean of all our sins. That chalkboard has been fully erased in the eyes of our Heavenly Father. I read on it last week that our sins are as far removed as the east is from the west. Praise God. But we need to become new. And the only way we can become new is to acknowledge him as the Christ and receive him, which we've done when we heard that glorious gospel, because we needed to be, we needed to be made new. That's, that's the process by which he started the day we first believed, to be new in him. And I want to read from Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. And it says, 
This is Jesus speaking. He says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. What is salvation? How do we obtain salvation? Is it, is it based on our works? Is it based on the keeping of the law? So many people think it is. So many people, and you could ask Christians today, you could, you could line them up a thousand at a time and ask them, when you, go, when you die, are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? And the most predominant answer would be, I think I've been good enough. Yeah. See, because if it's, if it's just based on us being good enough, that's not good enough in the eyes of God. We don't measure up to his righteousness, his standard of righteousness, his standard of holiness, right? But Jesus is just stating the truth here. But basically he's saying there's going to be a lot of people who are going to shun the gospel. They're not going to listen to the gospel. They're not going to receive the way that I have provided to be born again, to be made new, to be washed clean of all of our sins. He has done all of the work. What we do on our part is to believe to believe, to believe, to believe. He is the Christ. He is, our, he is the Word in the beginning who made us. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to just put faith in our Creator God. And that's the greatest decision we will ever make in our lifetime, is to acknowledge Him as God, to, to acknowledge what He did at the cross for us. And part of that cross, the... the it, he paid the penalty when he suffered in the flesh and he was nailed to that cross and he shed his blood. But the victory came three days later when he rose from the grave and he rose as a human being. He had to become one like us so he could represent all of us because we have all experienced the blemish or the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. We were born with that condition, not based upon our own personal action, but we continued then in that sinful nature we were born in, right? So he had to make us new. He had to restore us to the condition of Adam and Eve in the beginning. Amen? Amen. He loves all. He's not about, he's, it's not his will to go out and, he doesn't, he's not condemning people. He's paid the price. He's paid the price for every sin that will ever be committed. We just have to receive that gift, that glorious gift of redemption. Acknowledge him for who he is. Brother Jonas? Yeah, I was uh, thinking, and I, I don't know who I was talking to about this, but there's a, a before the cross and after the cross. So, so when uh, even the apostles, disciples were following Jesus, they, they were still operating in, in the natural mm. sense. Amen. So you know, even though Jesus was saying all these things and he was telling them what was going to happen, that they could not comprehend that in their intellect. So, Jesus, so go in the upper room and then I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the results of that, we saw what the results were. Peter, 3,000 get saved because now he had what he needed in the Holy Spirit Amen. to now speak. Uh, uh, intimately to the people about what God was saying. Amen. And so that's the deal. If we don't get to the point where we're intimate Amen. with the Holy Spirit, where we're just kind of 
you know, we have a lot of intellect and we keep questioning who God is, right? In Hebrews Amen. it says, he that cometh to God must first of all believe that he is. You start out believing. You don't have to figure it out. Just, I believe that you're God. I believe that what uh, Jeff and Ryan are telling us is true about you, not what my intellect is trying to figure out. So Amen. when that Holy Spirit Amen. came, look at the power that happened through these men. Amen. Right? That, look at it. They were just like on fire. And when they were talking to Amen. people, people got on fire. When Jesus was walking along with these two guys, yeah. it says it burned in their heart Amen. what he was sharing with them. Amen. So it's, it's, it's that connection by the Holy Spirit Amen. that we have straight to God where he'll reveal these truths to us. So, uh, you know, just get that, Amen. that intellect out of the way. It's that, in the way. And that's one of the most important reasons why we have the Holy Spirit because we, can, we, could, we cannot understand the things of God. The things of God are, can only be discerned by the Spirit of God. And that's why he's put his Spirit in us. Yeah. And it was like night and day. I mean, when, you know, Peter opened those windows and began to preach and, you know, and, and they were celebrating uh, the, the tab, tabernacle of the first fruits, if you will, and people bought, brought the first fruits of their harvest and their vegetables and everything. And it was a festive time and it, it took place, I don't know, it was probably a week, two weeks long. It was like a party. It was like, and villages came together and there were literally thousands and thousands of people out there. And it says when they received the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in tongues. And but was so interesting, so many of these people, and it actually names about 15 different regions all around the Mediterranean. And these, these are different dialects, people speaking Jews who spoke different languages, but they're speaking in tongues. And the people on the outside, I mean, it would have sounded like a hive of bumblebees, right? Wow. And yet they could hear in their own tongue these people praising the Lord and honoring Jesus and acknowledging his sacrifice, acknowledging his resurrection from the, the dead, the victory he had just won. Amen? Amen, brother. That's it. And, we, and he preached the word. And, and then they, he told them exactly. Boy, and he did, gave them the what for, but he laid it out scripturally. All of a sudden, the scriptures rose up inside of him. And it says that day, 3,000 people were saved. Amen. And we have that same spirit living in us. We can go out and preach the word and get 3,000 people saved in a day. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah. You know, we got to believe God to do it. Yeah. Or we won't go out to do it and expect God to do that, right? Okay. Amen. Amen. <coughs> go ahead. So if the question is, the authority of the believer, do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe that the word said that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you're not behaving like the Bible says, you didn't believe it. You are a new creature. Old things have passed away. Like he said, the chalkboard has been erased for us. Now we need to be doing what we're supposed to be doing through the unction of the Holy Spirit. So, are you a new creation in Christ Jesus? Or are you still the old person? Remember, the day you received Jesus Christ as Lord, you changed lords. You changed lords. Jesus is your Lord now. The Holy Spirit is your teacher, and you should be behaving in the way that he wants you to, and he'll tell you what to do if you're willing to ask him a question, willing to listen, and willing to do whatever he says. And a lot of times, you're, 
you know, in my case, are you sure you want me to do that? Oh, okay, and I do it, but afterwards I'm super blessed because I did what I did. Yeah. I had an encounter this last week with a lady <clears throat> at Walmart in the cash in the Walmart bank. Her name was Clementine. And when I got to the window, it was Clementine with a frown and <clears throat> what time is it? Do I get to go home now? <laughs> the attitude was there, okay? And I said, Clementine. I said, oh, you know, that's a, there was a beautiful song that was sung years ago, Sweet Clementine. And she started to warm up. And she said, uh, yeah, that's my name. And I said, you resemble that remark. Big smile came up. She helped us. We talked a little bit more. And when we left, we left her with a smile. What changed? Our job is to encourage other people that there's a better way of living than grumpy. Somebody asked this question, do you wake up grumpy? The answer is always this, no, we let grumpy sleep as long as he wants, okay? The point is, we are fun people, and you should be spreading that fun everywhere you go. Jesus has put joy in our heart, share with other people. Then they're gonna ask you, what's different about you? And then you got a chance to, you know, and Jonas is a perfect one for that one right there. Well, Everywhere he goes. and you reached out in love. It's really love yes. that conquers. It's love yes. that wins over hearts, right? Yes. We, just, we, do, we seek to be loving and to be compassionate and to show people that we value them for who they are, right? They're, we're all made in the image and likeness of God. Amen. So I'm telling you right now, you are new creations in Christ Jesus. The old you is gone, okay? You're also sons in the kingdom. Jesus is your senior brother. And he's, and he's changing us into the image of love that Jesus is. And it, and it belongs to you. Start acting in it. Well, talk about spreading love. I love it. So because Lloyd knew my uh, desire to play guitar, and I was so excited. And then the, the senior, the, the like kids say, when, when you go play? And I said, just look at the face and make me excited. Because I say, wait a minute. Take me a, t a while before I can jam again. <laughs> I said, and then besides, I never played worship song. You know, so I had to do that. I played walking walk, okay? That's my time. <laughs> and we never worry about what fret and what key. We just jam. <laughs> so that's how I say. But the Lord is so good to uh, renew my interest and desire and then get more interest, more love. And they all so excited. And I said, well, only for a special occasion. I'm not going to do it every week. No way, Jose, too much. <laughs> but I said, we'd be realistic. But it's just excitement and the overwhelming expectation. Like they really want me to do it. Like manana. I say, ooh. <laughs> Amen. They know you love them. Amen. All right. We're going to continue back in the Gospel of John 14. Chapter 14, verse 7. And Jesus says to his, to his disciples, he said, If you had known me, you would have known the Father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, 
Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but it's the Father who dwells in me who does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's no different than I. Everything I do, because he is in me, I'm one with him. I'm following his instruction. I'm inspired by his words. You know, we have the Holy Spirit of God. What is the Holy Spirit of God? We say, okay, it's the third person of the Trinity. I believe it's the manifestation of the Spirit of the Son and the Spirit of the Father. Now, when Jesus was water baptized, he came out of that water. And what happened? There was a dove that descended upon him. Right? The Spirit of God in the form of a dove descended upon him, and there was an audible voice. It was our Heavenly Father who said, This is my beloved Son. Take heed. Pay attention. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He was about to embark on a mission. He was here for a purpose. His purpose was to one day go to that cross and suffer and die for us. But he had the spirit of his father living on the inside of him to inspire him, to encourage him. When he went off and he rested and he went into the wilderness, he had conversation with his father. There were angels who waited upon him and fed him and cared for him. But he was in constant communication. And we talk all the time, and Ernie, you suggested, and speak, you know, let's, we have the Holy Spirit of God. Have conversation. When we have conversation with the Holy Spirit of God, we're having conversation with the Father and the Son because they dwell within us. Amen? When we pray to our Heavenly Father, we're praying in our spirit, and our Father is right with, with us. He hears us. He sees us. He knows our thoughts. Amen? He knows our needs before we ask Him. Right? And we should just... He's like our best friend. He's like... You know, he's within us. Think of him as just being on your shoulder. He's lending him. He's listening. He knows. No matter what you are dealing with and what you are, it doesn't mean if it's joyful and bliss, he's there. But if you're suffering and you're hurting or you're in pain, he, he, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can be so assured of his promise, of his presence being always with us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And if we believe his words, we need to believe this all to be true. Amen? And so what Jesus is saying, I'm introducing you to the Father. I've introduced you for three years to my heavenly Father. If you've seen me, you've seen him. If you know me, you know my heavenly Father. And Jesus was trying to instill encouragement and confidence because this is the truth. This is the truth. That the Father was living and dwelling and present with the Son. Amen? And we're going to see as we go on. I know we won't finish all this today, but we're going to see as we go on. Because we have been, because we have been born again of the Spirit of God, the seed of Christ. That now, as the, Jesus is one with the Father and the Father is one in Him. We now are one in the Father and one in the Son. 
And we have been brought into that very special, sacred unity that the Father has with the Son. We have the same status, the same relationship with our Heavenly Father that Jesus had with His Heavenly Father when He spoke these words. Today, that's who we are in Him. Is that awesome? You know, and He, he also has a little bit of a backup for the disciples. You know, sometimes we see something with our eyes, and that's when we believe, right? Well, they couldn't see the Father living in him. We can't, I can't see Jesus living in you other than I see the glow of Jesus living in you. But they couldn't see him physically living in him. So he said, well, if you don't believe all that, believe in the works that you see. All of these miracles didn't just take place because that's God, the Father, living in me and doing these works. And what, and, and what you see, that's right. Believe in me, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. See, he, he, he had three years to change the world while he was here. So everything he did was a miracle. And people saw the miracles and they said, oh, you truly are God. Amen? Amen. So we can say the same thing. I'm a Christian. God lives in me. And don't just believe that, but as I pray over you and things begin to change because it's God changing them, because he lives in me, and he's instructed me to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The enemy comes back, and he says, oh, who is she? She put her hand on you? No. God tells us to do it. All we do is do it. We, we follow his instructions. He tells the truth. You know, and it's what the person does with it that you lay hands on whether they're going to continue to doubt or whatever, but we're going to do what God tells us to do here in this gathering, always. Nothing is ever too big for God. I don't care what we see. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray that. It's up to you to receive it. You know what God, and you know what? Our faith is built every day more and more as we walk this walk on this earth. And as we begin to see miracles taking place in our lives, as we begin to see uh, healings, as we begin to see prosperity coming in, that's you, you, it's like them. They begin to see it. That's when they believe. They saw the miracles, so they believed that Jesus was God. So let's be Jesus to more people. And even if you see the toughest case scenario, if God is telling you to go pray over them and you feel that unction to pray over them, just go do it and just tell them. You know, and the, it's, it's off you. I mean, you, you don't have to follow through and follow them around the rest of their lives. You just do it when you're, when you're there, when you have the opportunity. And, you know, God is good. Amen. Amen. So as we continue in verse 12, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
Well, Jesus was referring to he had the Holy Spirit. He had the Spirit of his Father living in him. He had constant communication and, and uh, fellowship with his Heavenly Father. Well, Jesus was, he was talking about what was to come because uh, following his suffering, death, and resurrection, we knew the day of Pentecost would come when the Holy Spirit was given to the church. And they were, though they, at that time, they were born again immediately, but they were filled with power, the same power that Jesus, being Lord, being God, that he walked on this earth, the same power that caused people to, he raised people from the dead, he spoke to people who were crippled and 38 years old, stand up and walk, right? People with, with leprosy and every kind of illness, and it didn't matter. He's God. He made us all in the beginning. He spoke everything in the beginning to be. He made everything according to his words. That's why that was the lesson of the fig tree. That was the lesson of Jesus said, you know, speak to the mountain. The mountain are those difficulties in our lives. We know him, we have his power, his authority to overcome evil, to speak against sickness in our bodies, whatever the devil would bring against us. We have power and authority over the devil, right? We're God's children. Why wouldn't we, right? But he was talking about when we would be given the Holy Spirit, we would go out and do the same similar works and even greater works because that was his will, that was his plan. We have his full authority, power of attorney, if you will, to go out and do the same works he did. That's what Jesus was speaking about, not of our own strength, not of our own ability, but according to his plan, his will, so that we would go out and imitate what he did, loving people, showing compassion, and laying hands on the sick, they were healed. We, we're commanded to do the same thing. To lay hands on the sick, they will be healed. Speak against the powers of the enemy coming against us. He can be vicious at times, right? He goes about like a roaring lion, but we don't have to fear him. We don't have to fear him. Did Jesus fear the enemy? He didn't fear the enemy. No, he had power over the enemy. In Christ, we have power over the enemy. And we have power to do the same works and even greater works than these because he has gone to his father. When he went to his father, that's when he sent, poured out his Holy Spirit upon us. And so we have the same spirit of God living in us, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same spirit that gives us that assurance that we're not going to die. We don't care about what that corpse might look like. That spirit, we can only rise from the grave. We got God living in us, right? Can you kill the spirit of God? Can you bring an end to the spirit of God? Absolutely not. Our spirit is attached to the spirit of God forever. Amen? So, praise God, we've run out of time here today, but you know, okay, we're going to...